Welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. I'm Noel T. Manning II. That is Adam Long. And we talk movies right here on Gardner Webb Radio. I do want to remind people if you have a smartphone or smart device, you can download the WGWG app. Uh, any, you, know, you can go to the Apple Store. You can also go to the Google Play Store and do that. So whether it's an Android or an Apple device, you can uh, download that and listen to us anytime. You can also find us on iTunes uh, and check us out on iTunes anytime you want to as well and uh, subscribe to the podcast there. Adam, I hope you're doing well this week, man. Uh, doing fairly well, yes, absolutely, and uh, hope you are as well. Dude, I am. I'm loving life. It is uh, the time of year when there's just tons of things happening uh, in the world of film, and uh, you know, you got you got films that that have just dropped out there, literally just you know, let's try to make some money this weekend. Then you have others that are like, hmm, maybe you can think about us come uh, award nomination season, which is yeah. really creeping up upon us uh, very, very soon. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very good time uh, to go to movies, both for if you just want to be entertained uh, and if you want to really think a little deeper. So some good stuff, good stuff going on. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, this is this is a good season for people who care about film, uh, and um, you know, people like myself who've had to sit through a year full of junk uh, in, in order to get to the final two months of the year where we actually see some quality films. So, uh, and you know, and, and, I mean, and there it, have been a few things here and there. You know it as well as I do. Occasionally, something will slip through the cracks, but by and large, it has been. Uh, it's been a pretty weak year, I think, in film for the most part uh, so far. I mean, I, there's not been a lot that's really grabbed me. And, yeah, you know, uh, I, I've actually I've actually enjoyed this year. Um, you know, if you're talking about artistic, uh, dramatic pieces, yeah, I think there's definitely some uh, some holes there. But if you're talking about entertainment value, uh, I think there's been quite a few entertaining films um, that I've enjoyed. You know, kind of looking back over my list and. There's some good stuff. Um, you know, it's all about the director's intent, all about the studio's intent. And if you want to get deeper from a critique standpoint, yeah, there, there's there's some lacking stuff there. But uh, there were some entertaining films. Um, I mean, I, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, I uh, truly enjoyed that film uh, earlier this summer. Guardians of the Galaxy was just fun. Uh, it, it took me back to kind of my childhood. I thought uh, Captain America Winter Soldier uh, was a good entertaining piece, but also uh, a really good uh, spy thriller so uh, those are all films that, that made money. Um, then I thought those were all pretty decent. And uh, Fought in Our Stars, which, uh, which you and I talked about earlier. So I think there were some good things out there. Um, you know, what, what we're seeing, though, is you've got you know, 52 weeks uh, in a year, and you've got to fill, you got to fill the, the slates on what you're, what you're putting out there. And uh, sometimes it's, it's, okay, let's just get stuff out there. Uh, just to get product out there because we got to get product out there. Maybe we can own a weekend. So uh, we're seeing more and more of that. And we're seeing, um, because we're seeing more and more of that, we are seeing, you know, hits, uh, I guess a lot more misses than we're seeing hits. But, you know, if I, if I take it as a whole and look at, you know, the top 100 at the box office uh, over the course of the last year, there were some, you know, pretty good things uh, that stand yeah. out to me. Well, yeah, there's some uh, there 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 are some films that that have been you know memorable. I I think uh, you know uh, by and large, and I'm sure we'll we'll do our recap here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll and, and tease you there. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. <laughs> probably about a month and a half, you can expect to hear our end of the year because yeah. we've got uh, we've got quite a few that uh, awards contenders that we've got to catch up with. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, that that might 
that might sway things for us a little bit. But, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, there are some good films, but but it just seems like a little weaker year compared to others for me. But uh, okay. But it, anyway, um, well, we uh, where where do we want to start here? Well, let's uh, dive into some uh, movie news. Let's hear some movie news. Some things happening. Yeah. Well, there's uh there's lots to talk about. I mean. Uh, you know, there's a new trailer for Fifty Shades of Grey, if anybody's clamoring for that. You know, that's uh, that's the big go-to Valentine film, supposedly. So it's going to be opening <laughs> yeah. February 13th. So, uh, you know, um, if you're a fan of that, if, uh, if you're a fan of that uh, book, which, um, you know. Uh, a lot of people are, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people you, are. You know who you are, I Absolutely. guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but I uh, also have uh, Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, the sequel that we were all screaming for, <laughs> is coming back, coming April 17th, uh, 2015. And there's a, so uh, there's a trailer for that out now. Uh, I can hardly wait. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, it was the, uh, the first one truly was a, uh, was a fun family film. And, um, yeah. you know, that's, and it, it had incredible success. And, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, waited quite a long, for those that, that loved that film and that were hoping for a sequel, it's been a long time, uh, five years, uh, 2009, I think yeah. is when, uh, when the last one was at the box office. So it's been, uh, you know, quite a while, you know, it's, uh, I think what we're finding though, is that, uh, you know, Adam Sandler is having more success at the box office, uh, producing films with, uh, Kevin James and he is on his own and, uh, you know, <laughs> He's now, uh, you know, signed uh, I think a three-picture deal with um, with Netflix, and so he's yeah. not he's not succeeding at the box office with his own stuff, but uh, he's like, okay, well, let me get a Netflix. Let me see if I can make some money there, and uh, he's going to make money there because they're they're basically paying him to, to yeah. make these things happen. So uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that you know the Happy Madison Productions uh, are, are working better at producing stuff that's non Adam Sandler starring than uh, the stuff that actually stars him. And he used to be the name that would carry that, and uh, not so much anymore. Yeah, well, he, he, still, he still was able to uh, ring up some, some coinage last year with Grown Ups 2, uh, you know, so I guess if he continues to do, do those on a uh, uh, semi-yearly basis, then uh, <laughs> he can, maybe he'll continue, you know. Uh, uh, so, so I'm certainly not the intended audience for that, but there were, there were some people who, whose entertainment... Uh, Quotient is very low. Yeah, and that uh, was just uh, uh, Grown Ups Two was just enjoy that. So, yeah, grown, ups, anyway. grown Ups Two was just horrible. It was just it was it my was it was my worst awful. film last year. And, yeah, and um, made a boatload of money. That's the thing. So yeah, I mean, it um, you know, it really really did. I mean, to me, it was it looked as if somebody had just if they had just gotten a camera, walked out in the yeah. middle of the street, and made it up as they went along. Oh yeah, it, it was it was. I mean, to me, the first Grown Ups was fun. I, I thought it had a, a an interesting yeah. story. It was a good family film. It was um, tolerable. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, my family loved it. You know, I'm I'm looking at the audience for that. The audience for that yeah. really was families. Yeah. Um And it it worked for families. It did what it was supposed to do. Uh, it had laughs. Um, it had some, um, you know, some interesting characters and the chemistry there. Now, Grown Ups 2 was just an excuse, in my opinion, just an excuse. Let's, let's all get together again and let's, uh, let's just, you know, you know, make people pay to see us on screen. And uh, I think the smartest person in that film was the one who didn't show up for the second one. That was Rob Snyder, <laughs> who chose not to come back for Grown Ups 2. He was the smartest of the bunch uh, who right. chose not to do that. So, um uh, yeah, and and then you know my my 
I'll go ahead and let you guys know, so far, uh, the worst film of this year for me was also another Adam Sandler film, was Blended, um, with, uh, with he, and, he and Drew Barrymore. I'll go ahead and give you a, a tease, unless something changes between now and uh, when we do our year-end show, that's the one that's, uh, that, that some other films have got to beat to be on my worst of list, because, uh, yeah. man, it was just a, uh, once again... Just an excuse for, uh, to me, it was an excuse for Sandler and Barrymore to get together to, uh, on screen again. And um, there was no other purpose, uh, n- nothing redeeming in that film for me at all. No, not at all. Not at all, for sure. And uh, totally in agreement. Couldn't agree more. But uh, do we want to talk about uh, Star Wars news? Absolutely. News, yeah, yeah, say. man. Yeah, there, there is a uh, name. The film has an official title now, Star Wars The Force Awakens, which... Uh, you know, I think it's it's a better title than probably uh, the, at least the first two prequels had. So <laughs> I, I love the title. Um, I, I do too, as, as soon as my uh, my son heard it, he said, "Oh, he said that's that's it, that's it." So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the Phantom Menace was always just a freaky title um, for me um, <laughs> on that on that one. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I like this one. The Force Awakens, it, it works. It it works. Yeah, I'm, definitely. Yeah, I, um, I think so too. And I, I, uh, of course, the, the official cast has been you know listed. Now, now the, the speculation is over on that. So we've got you know uh, the, all the major principals are returning, and um, and there's some interesting new additions to the cast. You know, with of course Andy Serkis. Right. That's to be expected. And Max von Sydow, and uh, you know uh, just quite a few interesting. Uh, Adam Driver, Oscar Isaac. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this all turns about. And it's um, uh, of course written by Lawrence Kasdan, who penned Return of the Jedi, and uh, or co-written by Lawrence Kasdan, who penned Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. So I think they're I think they're really trying to to do this right. So uh, but yeah, I was glad that they finished production that the uh, that the principal photography was finished. Uh, I was a little concerned when with Harrison Ford's injury. And, yep. And yep. that that seemed to set them back a bit, but it looks like they're back on track and and everything uh, might be all right. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this. Uh, you know, Abrams. I've really uh, appreciated some of the things that Abrams has been able to do, and uh, yeah, he's inventive and um, he's you know he's he's done quite well. So I'm I'm excited to see what he'll do with this. You know, one of the uh, uh, new cast members, Adam Driver. Um, first time I really got a chance to, to see him was in uh, Lewin Davis' uh, film last year. And uh, he's starting to do a lot more stuff now. And uh, he's, I think uh, his character is a uh, basically a Jedi hunter. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what he's going to bring to this. Uh, I think that's going to be, uh, be interesting. And I'm really um, excited to see how they're going to tie in the old cast with a new cast. Uh, there have been some uh, yeah. new photos of, uh, of of an aged Luke Skywalker who who very much has kind of got that uh, you know Ben Kenobi feel with the white beard, and uh, I'm you know just really excited to see how they're going to tie all this together, the storyline, yeah. and uh, you know for us knowing this is coming, you know this film itself is you know kind of on the the uh, the tail end of, of Return of the Jedi. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun because I think it really is going to take, uh, especially take me back to, to my childhood. And, uh, you know, I have enjoyed uh, continuing to watch um, the Star Wars um, saga uh, unfold on the big screen and the small screen. 
um, with the, the Clone Wars TV show, which was just a lot of fun, very well done, good storylines on that. And now there's a new Star Wars uh, TV series called Rebels that actually takes place um, after, um, you know, after uh, episode four, basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's, and it's well done. Uh, it's very well done. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really, actually, I'm sorry, ap- after episode three, uh, before episode four. Um, right, yeah. But yeah. it's, uh, you know, I've, I've been watching that with my son Thomas, and we both are really enjoying it. And so for me, one of the things I've really liked about, you know, even though I wasn't a huge fan of the prequels, there were there were elements of the prequels that worked because it did it did progress the story. It gave us the backstory. It it told us things uh, that many of us knew. But for a new generation, it it kind of reignited the Star Wars uh, mania that you and I grew up on. And so you know now as a dad, for my son to be able to experience uh, some of that on the big screen, I'm I'm really digging that. And uh, and and he and I are kind of sharing and bonding you know, over that on the small screen as well. Um, so I, I got to say, I, I'm happy that, that uh, Star Wars is continuing in some fashion in a visual form uh, that can be seen uh, and talked about. And, uh, of course, you and I are not going to like everything that's done because we've got these certain things that are embedded in us from our childhood uh, that we're connected to when we think back to, to Star Wars and what Star Wars meant. And so, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're close to it, but, but I'm excited to see it, uh, to see it continuing to live, uh, and live on the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, the title sounds good. Everything looks good so far. So time will tell, I guess. Um, but speaking of, uh, cult, uh, film franchises, uh, another one of course is James Bond Yes. and Bond number 24 will have Christoph Waltz. Uh, from Django Unchained and Inglorious Bastards fame as the villain. Sam Mendes, the director of Skyfall, uh, the last Bond entry from 2012, is going to be returning. Uh, this is a little bit uncharacteristic for the Bond franchise. They're getting, they're, they're, there's bigger gaps in between the release of the Bond films, which is kind of, you know, they used to release these things every two years like clockwork, and now it's getting to be three, four years in between yep. films, and that's kind of a... You know, uh, I don't know what your thoughts on that are, but uh, that's it's kind of interesting that they're not churning them out quite as fast as they used to. Of course, it could be a good thing. The quality, you know, might be more important to them, and they might want to get make sure that the, the, they've got good scripts to work from, and this, that, and the other. But I uh, just uh, I think it's interesting compared to when we were kids uh, and growing up uh, that they used to have them every two years, like clockwork. Yeah, it's uh, we've definitely seen that change, uh, especially since uh, you know when Daniel Craig kind of came on and they really reinvented the franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, it still works. Um, and I do think that maybe it is that they're taking a little more time and, and not just, let's just throw out a story. Uh, I think they're, they're thinking a little bit more about it. And, um, you know, do we do we have word uh, as Craig? Uh, I guess Craig is back. Is that right? Uh, yes, he is, yes. Yeah. Well, well good. I, I've, I've actually enjoyed uh, enjoyed what he's brought uh, to to that role, I mean, for me, the first Bond I remember uh, going to theaters to see was Roger Moore, and uh, you know, later on, I got a chance to see uh, go back and see um, the original uh, Bond films before Moore. But Moore was the first one that I remember, and what I found interesting about the different actors who have played Bond, they've all brought something a little different to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've really appreciated with Craig, it's just really this kind of raw 
you know, unbridled, you know, energy and, you know, hey, you know, I, I'm going to do some things that yeah, you, you probably wouldn't like to see happen, you know, and it's it's not so much the uh, Roger Moore I loved. He was he was kind of the suave, um, you know, definitely the player kind of guy, you know, with with um, with what we're seeing with with Daniel Craig is a completely different kind of guy. Sure, he gets the girls, but it's a different kind of thing. And I think that's, to me, when you're able to do that, when you're able to take a character that everybody knows and find a way to make it your own and make it something new, uh, I'm, I'm, that excites me to see, um, see actors that are able to do that or actresses that are able to do it and do it well. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it misses, but I think with Daniel Craig it's actually worked. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you are correct. But yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just very curious to see. You know, um, I mean, the, the the they didn't think they'd get Sam Mendes to come back. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. did such a you know. He, first, he said he wasn't coming back, but I'm glad they they coaxed him into doing another one. And uh, you know, I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Uh, and um, you know, what, what can I say? But yeah, and you mentioned uh, that. You I think mentioned something that. worth mentioning here. This is not a theatrical release, but we certainly would be remiss if we didn't uh, m- mention this. Is uh, the release of something that uh, people have been waiting ever since the uh, the beginning of D- uh, DVDs, when DVDs first uh, began being pressed in 1997. People have been clamoring for this, and it's it, it's taken them this long for it to happen. The release of the complete Batman and Robin television series, Batman from the 60s, that yes. is, 1960s television series. Yeah, has and finally been issued. The complete yeah. thing is in, is in uh, there's a massive box that was released uh, Tuesday, and it's been tangled up in uh, rights. Uh, rights issues have, have prevented it from being released because the. Uh, I think back in the 60s, it was issued, uh, 20th Century Fox was the studio where it was produced, and of course now Warner's owns all the Marvel characters, and so that's been the, the big problem. But uh, So wanted to mention that for sure. So uh, yeah, only and, DVD packages Batman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, uh, and Adam West is heavily involved in, uh, was heavily involved in that as well, and so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen some great uh, trailers for uh, trying to really encourage people to, to go out and purchase it, and uh, he's been having a lot of fun uh, with that as well and pushing that. So uh, yeah, I, I, I you know I grew up on that campy show. Um, you know, of course it was in reruns by the time I really remember watching it, but uh, I, I loved it. You know, it was just fun, and um, it's it's not the Batman of Tim Burton, and it's not the Batman of Christopher Nolan. But uh, it was it was fun, you know. It truly was fun and uh, very very campy, uh, but it worked uh, for that time period and worked for the audience. Oh, totally, and, uh, totally. Yeah, know, absolutely. It was on. Yeah. I think what was it? Three seasons. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, you know they did some. Uh, yeah, it might have been two years. I'm not okay. sure. But I'm thinking it was on. But it, it was either. Uh, two or three, I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah. They, you know they changed things up. The final season introduced uh, Batgirl as a, a regular uh, character as well, uh, yeah. who would mm-hmm. show up, and so they tried to change things up a bit. Um, but you know, I I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. And uh, you know, is it is it uh, is it was it great TV? It was for me. You know, it was for me at that time, and that's all that mattered is, is how it was for you at that time. That's right. That's um, right. Absolutely. You know, so. you mentioned uh, you mentioned Christoph Waltz a little earlier. There's a film coming out 
uh, in the next month that I'm really interested to see. He's starring in it uh, with Amy Adams and there's a Tim Burton film called Big Eyes. Yep. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out the trailer for that, it's just an intriguing-looking uh, film. Um, it's definitely got um, some t- Tim Burton-esque feel to it, but it looks a lot more than that. You know, if, if you didn't know it was Tim Burton, you might not know it was Tim Burton just by looking at, at the outside of it. But um, it, it's, uh, in many ways, from a story standpoint, um, you know, there are certain themes that Tim Burton will, will like to go to. And uh, I think about the, the film Big Fish um, that, that was done so many years ago that, that's on my list as far as one of my favorite films. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by Big Eyes. And so uh, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, I encourage you to, to check out the trailer for Big Eyes. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm, All right. I'm looking forward to it, too. Well, um, it may be, you know, he's... Uh, last couple of um, Burton films I haven't been really all that impressed with, but hopefully this will be... Uh, a little bit of a return to form for him. Yeah, yeah sure. let's hope but, so. Um, well, let's uh, let's any, look at anyway, the way. Uh, uh, so you want to get down to the box office yes, right quick? Yes, let's do it, man. So we can uh, we can talk some of these movies. I will uh, quickly uh, go over uh, last weekend's uh, top five at the box office. Fury uh, hanging on after four weeks for number five. Uh, Ouija was number four. Gone Girl uh, still continuing to do well was number three last weekend. One hundred forty-five million. Uh, overall for that, uh, it was a $61 million budget, so it's done quite well. And one of my favorite films of the year so far, Gone Girl. Uh, Interstellar uh, debuted at number two, $165 million budget for that, uh, $49.6 million last weekend. And um, number one film, uh, animated film Big Hero 6. Uh, I never did you know, I, I never did see Big Hero 4, 3, or 2, or even 1 or 5. But somehow, Big Hero Six uh, is is number one at the box office last <laughs> weekend. Uh, world, Imagine that <laughs> uh, worldwide doing quite quite well. And uh, just a, a little bit of a note here: um, James Cromwell does the, one of the voices, uh, voice acting in Big Hero Six. And um, I've recently reposted uh, an interview I did with James Cromwell uh, several years ago. And so uh, you know, worth checking out. I'll uh, make sure that shows up on our Cinema Scene yeah. Facebook page. Well, let's talk about uh, about some of these movies. Let's talk about Interstellar first. Um, oh Chris, yeah, Chris we'll Nolan certainly piece. Uh, discuss Interstellar. Absolutely, um, and and a big surprise that Interstellar did not beat out uh, Big Hero Six. Uh, that it didn't take the the, the, the box office crown because I think they had high hopes for it. But it may be because it's two hours and forty nine minutes. So that may have something to do with the fact that. It's not, uh, you know, it didn't didn't make as much money, but yeah, uh, I think uh, I think Adam, I think that's part of it, but also I think another yeah. part of it is Big Hero Six was in like uh, two hundred more theaters, so it had a little bit more, uh, you know, theaters as well as the right. time showings as well. Yeah, you may be on to something. You may be on to something, but it, uh, but nevertheless, uh, Interstellar is an interesting, uh, it's but flawed uh, Christopher Nolan film. Um, it's an uneasy, I would, I would label it as being an uneasy uh, mishmash of a lot of elements of some of the iconic science fiction films that we've come to know uh, from our, talking about our childhood, a lot of these, uh, the elements that he, these that, that come into this film are from movies that we remember lovingly, such as Close Encounters of the Third Kind and 2001 Space Odyssey and uh, yep. even getting back to the original Russian version of Solaris. Yep, yep. So there's a lot of that, and those are just a few that are some somewhat referenced in some way or shape or fashion. So, uh, you know, that's kind of 
what this movie is, it's, you know, obviously it's about a near future where the Earth is almost uninhabitable. Not quite, but getting there. And so Matthew McConaughey, he plays, uh, if you remember the Roy Neary character in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, he's kind of a character like that. He's a family man, and uh, he's a, a widower, and he's got these two children. He's taking, you know, that, that are his responsibility, but he's recruited to, uh, he's a former NASA uh, scientist, and so he's recruited to uh, lead this space mission to maybe find another planet that we can inhabit before, before ours is, is totally uninhabitable. And he's torn between, you know, leaving his children behind and 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 doing what's best for mankind because time moves differently in other universes. Yep. yep. Uh, he's going to age. You know, his children are going to age seven years for each year that he ages, and uh, you know, for each hour, each hour that he's gone, they age another seven years. Uh, basically, is what I meant to say. So anyway, that kind of thing. But uh, you know, the movie is 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 really. It's it's a visual feast. It's great to to see in IMAX, but a real problem that I had with it is the sound mix. And it's I don't think it was just at the theater I was I was at because I'm hearing this all across the board. People were talking about this, and it's it's really strange because Christopher Nolan is is such a stickler for uh, you know taking looking over these micromanaging all aspects of his films and. There are key scenes where the Hans Zimmer score just drowns out key pieces of dialogue. I mean, very important pieces of dialogue that are, are that the plot is contingent upon. So I, it's it's you have to really strain to hear certain things, and I, I don't know what what the thinking was there. Uh, if it was just an oversight, but man, it it really doesn't help the film in spots. But uh, it is good to see it in IMAX. It, in, in you know, he's he most of his films are filmed in IMAX, as you know, and so uh, you know. But it's it's. I'm going to give it a B minus. It it. There's some great ideas going on there. It's a little over long. Um, good, but not great. Okay. Uh, but but certainly uh, one of the most interesting failures you're likely to see this year. So. I'm, I'm giving it a B. Um, I I liked the. Uh, you mentioned uh, all the uh, references to, to other films. Um, I, I really saw that as, as Nolan paying homage uh, to a lot of these films, and I think it worked for me. Yeah. Um, I, I did love the effects. I love the set design, um, the, the set design inside the ships, also the, uh, just the, the design of space and their interpretation of space. The science behind this, this was a really thinking person's film. It wasn't one that you could um, – it's not one of those that when you get on DVD, you can uh, sit at home – uh, and start checking emails and posting Facebook statuses and still try to get into the film. You really have to think about this film. There was a lot of science, a lot of research done into this, and I think it, it was really, it, it, like I said, a thinking person's film, not one you can go in and just you know sit back in a popcorn flick. It's something you have to really engage in, and yeah. uh, I think that worked. I do agree with you about the sound mix. At times, I think it worked. Um, and I was reminded of what he did with Inception. And, uh, and there was even one scene in this, in this film, I'm not going to say what it was, but in, in one scene that said, hey, it's Inception 2.0. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, but it was, you know, it's, it's great seeing a director plant those little Easter eggs of, uh, of, of things done in the past for, mm-hmm. uh, for us movie lovers to go back and say, oh, you know, that's that's a mark of, of that director. Or, ooh, he's, he's paying tribute to this person. I even right. think, you know, there was a 
there was this whole part of this film, um, you know, we know that something's happening to Earth and, and we're kind of told what it is, but we don't really know how it happened. But that's not really the story. And, and that really plays back to what Hitchcock used to do. So there were times Hitchcock would throw things in that were, you know, kind of this little plot detail. And it was a plot detail to kind of get some things moving, but, it, but you didn't have kind of backstory on it. And yeah, right. uh, so I saw Nolan doing that in this film. Uh, you know, I love that it was a story about love and hope, um, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a place where there may have not been much love or hope. And, um, you know, the robots... Uh, that were brought into this were pretty interesting uh, characters as well. So I enjoyed the piece. Uh, it did have its its flaws. Uh, there were times I felt like it did drag a little bit, um, but uh, but you know it was worth seeing. Definitely to me worth seeing from a visual standpoint. And McConaughey uh, I think did a wonderful job. There was one scene in particular that was just just gripping, and as a dad, it really really mm-hmm. really got mm-hmm. me. And so uh, to me a B a solid B for that. And Adam, man, we've we've talked about a lot today, and um, we've only got one minute. So, um, other films that you've seen, Dumb and Dumber opens this weekend. Give it your grade. Uh, I give Dumb and Dumber two a C plus. Uh, it's you know there's some there's some funny gags in the film, but but uh, nowhere near what you would find in the original film. Uh, you know, but if if you're a fan of the original, it, it may be worth seeing. But it's it's not you're not going to find the the ratio of laughs. That you did. Okay. The, Good the deal. One. And Nightcrawler is highly recommended with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, one of the better films out there. It's not making as much money as it should, but please go see Nightcrawler. It's a terrific movie. Okay. With, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as a as a videographer who uh, films crimes in the middle of the night. So All right. And in 15 seconds, give me your take on Birdman. In 15 seconds. And Birdman is good. And just not quite as great as everyone is saying it is. Michael Keaton, terrific performance. B plus, uh, a little over long, and uh, wait about it ends about three times before it actually ends. So okay, all right, good deal. Well, Adam, uh, we do appreciate you spending time talking to us about movies. As always, this is Cinema Scene on Gardner Webb University Radio, wgwg.org. Download the app, check us out on iTunes. Until next time, that's a wrap.